January 2023, the Incredible Podcast is going to be bi-monthly. So instead of having one episode a month, we're going to have two episodes a month, as opposed to every other month. Because we're not going backwards, we're moving forward. So twice a month. Timing to be determined. I'm thinking probably the second and fourth Mondays. Keep it on Mondays with episodes coming out. Uh, but that that's to be determined. But looking forward to having two episodes a month. Already have a good lineup. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel a little bit stuck? Then coaching may be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship that's totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life, want to start seeing results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to paulferrandi.com or at I am Incredible on all my socials. Click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the best version of yourself. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredible Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferrandi. Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, and welcome to the Incredible Podcast, where we learn how to become the best version of ourselves by learning from each other. This is a different episode, or kind of a flashback to just me being on the episode as opposed to having a guest on here. But I want to take a step back and talk about leadership, specifically leadership in STEM. For those of you who don't know what STEM is, it's science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's where I do a lot of my work with Incredipal. It's really the reason I started Incredipal is I saw a lot of people in STEM didn't necessarily know how to, to do leadership or personal growth. We learn all the math and science, but the relationship part is not something we always do well. That's something I've been passionate about. It's the whole reason I started Incredipal. But one thing I want to mention before I even get into that is that start at the beginning of the year, January 2023, the Incredible Podcast is going to be bi-monthly. So instead of having one episode a month, we're going to have two episodes a month, as opposed to every other month, because we're not going backwards, we're moving forward. So twice a month, timing to be determined, I'm thinking probably the second and fourth Mondays, keep it on Mondays with episodes coming out, uh, but that that's to be determined, but looking forward to having two episodes a month, already have a good lineup with some people that are not even from the United States, so I'm excited about that. Some really interesting perspectives and people with different careers, and it's going to be awesome. Thank you for supporting the podcast by listening, whether you're listening here on YouTube or Clips, wherever you are. Um, it's really awesome that you're supporting this podcast. I'm just excited to see where it goes. But like I said, talking about leadership in STEM, there's the stereotypical, I think of the stereotypical engineer who's book smart, like puts his head down and doesn't necessarily know how to talk to people. I heard a really interesting joke um, the other day about um, and how you know an engineer is extroverted is that if instead of looking at their own shoes, they look at your shoes. So they're still looking down, but still looking at their shoes and looking at your, the other person's shoes. So I, I thought that was pretty funny, but there's that stereotype about engineers not knowing how to talk to people. Which is interesting because I'm an engineer, my father's an engineer, we both do a lot of speaking, like he's 
way off. He does a lot more speaking. He does that as a full-time job. I'm still doing this uh, part-time and learning along the way. But it's just interesting of that stereotype that's out there. So with that, like I mentioned, was able to start Incredible. Really started more so on the speaking side. Been doing more coaching over the last year and a half. And then podcasts started at the beginning of this year. So it's been super exciting to see how things are going. And it's just it's just been a blessing. So God's just been moving in me in, in different ways. And like I always say that Jesus is first and I'm second. So he is the reason why I do everything. Full believer in Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and the life. And sometimes it'll come out of the stuff I say on here. But I really believe that if you're a true follower of Christ, you really accept people of all beliefs. It doesn't matter what you believe. Obviously, I what I believe, we all believe different things. But what I believe, all that means is that I'm going to value you as a person. I'll meet you where you're at and just do life together. And I think it's just remarkable because for me anyway, I can ima- I cannot imagine doing life without Jesus. There's just so many different things that come up. Um, I'm like, I I can't do this on my own. Jumping back into what I want to talk about, leadership in STEM, I want to talk about uh, a really uh, organization I was able to found called NALA STEM. So NALA STEM or NALA is focused on people who are underrepresented in STEM. So those who are really undergraduates or graduate students who are trying to go after the degree, trying to get jobs in academia, all of that stuff. So you talk about NALASTEM. What is that? So NALASTEM in itself is an acronym, and I'll get to what it stands for. And it's based on another acronym. So I don't know. I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned on the first episode, I talked a little bit about LSAM, the Louis Stokes Alliance for Minority Participation. And I was involved in one that was headquartered at Iowa State. So LSAM has a lot of different alliances, I think right now up to 56 uh, that I know of. Um, the one I was a part of was Inspire Iowa Illinois Nebraska STEM Partnership in Research and Education. It's a mouthful, so just say Inspire. And so I was involved with that. I was able to do undergraduate research uh, while I was uh, a sophomore and junior. So they helped me with some funding my sophomore summer, and they supplemented some of my research funding in my junior and senior year. And then it's just been a really cool network because it's really, it's focused on research, but they also provide a lot of different opportunities and workshops talking about um, either resumes or interviews or just how to be successful in life. Um, And it's been really cool. And I've been able to give back in that organization as well. So I I graduated in 2016. Uh, Me and another uh, student or alumni, I should say, uh, Queenster, we were able to start Inspire LSAMP Alumni Committee, or ILAC, because we love our acronyms. And we were doing that just basically because we didn't want to grow up. We wanted to stay connected. But that is just, uh, looking back, that is a uh, whole idea of leadership, is staying connected and doing something that other people have not done before. So we were not the first people who, who were alumni of inspire we're not the only people who probably had this idea but i think we're the only ones who had the idea voiced it to each other and said let's go do it we didn't necessarily know what was going to come out of it we thought hey i was just the two of us 
uh, if we could just come back to different workshops. Actually, I think it was more a selfish reason at first to say like, hey, we want to come back to workshops. We want to interact with students, um, help out with our, however we can. So just two of us the first year, we reached out to some other people. We were able to grow it out. Um, we started offering mentorship, doing more workshops uh, for a couple of years. And so I think we had about 20 different people, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I think on average, like maybe a year to year, there's about 20 scholars. So so just after a couple of years, have 20, we thought it was pretty good for the alumni alumni group. And I had reached out to another um, LSAMP organization. So like I mentioned, LSAMP is nationwide, 56 different alliances. And this one was a regional center of excellence. And I remembered when I was in, in college, I'd gone to the conferences, I think three, yeah, three years in a row, like 2004 to 2016, I got in their conference. And so I knew that they were kind of a, a hub. There are more people from other alliances that went to this conference. And so I thought it would be a good way to get connected, uh, see if there are other alumni groups out there. I had been doing some research on LinkedIn, basically just typing in LSAM, trying to figure out are there, what are the different groups, adding them, trying to figure out um, can we collaborate on some things. Because something that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn in leadership as part of the Maxwell Leadership Certified Member, which I'll talk a little bit about more about later, is that one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. It's too small a number to do something that really leaves a legacy. So it could have been really easy, either myself or Cleanster, when we were talking about doing something with alumni and saying, hey, I have this idea, you have this idea, we're going to go about it our separate ways. But there is the synergy. There's something really powerful that happens when you just take a step back and you decide to come together on different ideas. And I will say, like, we're different people. There's, like, times we didn't always agree or, or we went more Queenster's way, we, we went more my way, or we just came to a solution. But that's part of leadership. That's part of growing. It's understanding that you're not always going to have your way. Like, there's sometimes you feel like um, it's your way or the highway. And I would say, like, that is not good leadership. Good leadership is able to learn from their people. Sometimes your people are wrong and you have, you set them straight. Or But I think it's really critical that you hear from them first. Because a lot of times, what in my experiences in manufacturing and in speaking and coaching is that people just want to be heard. People want to be heard. Not to say that you can always fix the issue right away or maybe you can't even change anything at all. But people want to know that you can meet them where they're at, you understand the situation, and you can empathize with them. And that's it. Like, sometimes that's it. Like, there's some situations, like, when, I, when I've worked in there for manufacturing jobs and people will be complaining about things or start mumbling about it and I'll start asking about what's going on and how I can help. And you just see, like, a switch like, I can see that the switch in, in their head happening that they feel like someone is actually listening to someone. Someone actually cares. And I do care, especially with the, the different roles I've had. I've been able to uh, remove boundaries and help people um, as a leader, as a either if it's like a, a leader that doesn't necessarily have supervision or a direct leader of them. I've been able to help out. But I think it's really powerful 
if you're a leader, to make sure that you are focused on the people. So that's servant leadership. So I digress a little, but uh, as Queenster and I developed this, I reached out to this regional center of excellence, which was uh, LSMRCE, or I think they're just LSMCE then, Louis Stokes Midwest Center for Excellence. So now they're Louis Stokes Midwest Regional Center for Excellence because there's different regional centers of excellence. And not to get too in the, in the weeds of things, but there's different regional centers that have different focuses that those don't necessarily cater particular school or regions. I know ones of some are focused on mentorship or grad schools or just professional development. And um, LSMRC seems to do a lot of that stuff with getting people into the, the workforce. They do a lot of mentorship. They do a, a lot of workshops. They work directly with the National Science Foundation, a lot of different things. Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredipal.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-L.org, and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredipal shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredipal look. So I reached out to them. We're just talking about what we had done. I, I showed the framework that we had put together with the president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, uh, highlighted some of the events we'd done, some stuff we've done on the work in our conferences. And the remarkable thing was that they really loved what we had done. And they said, hey, this is something that we're, what we're, this is something that we're looking for, but we haven't actually found someone to do it yet. And so they, I presented that to one of their coordinators, Deb Cole, who is amazing. If anyone out there in, in LSAMP world, gone to LSMRCE world, they know Deb is a superhero. Uh, so I presented to her, and then she, she said, you need to present this to our steering committee or our, our board. And so I was able to do that, and they fell in love with the idea, and they said they wanted to do something like that on a national level, and they asked me, "Do you or would you be able to lead this for us? And... At first, I was a little hesitant because I, like I said, I was doing the stuff with Inspire, so that was really focused on my alliance, which is Iowa, Illinois, and Nebraska, but a lot of the people, because it was based out of Iowa State University, a lot of us came out of there, so it was really focused on Iowa State, so I knew a lot of people, I had really good connections, and so I wasn't sure at first, and I, at the same time, I didn't want to lose the, the intimacy and kind of what we had done with Inspire because when things expand, there's not as much focus on what was there before. So what I ended up doing was I, I went and I was leading leading the organization at that time, um, went to them and said, hey, um, I think we this is a really good opportunity. I don't want to lose what we're doing with Inspire I want to take a couple people from Inspire, see if we can help build it out as something separate, but it'll be more on a larger scale. And so they were all about that. We were able to still do more stuff with Inspire. We oh, we put a transition plan in place for someone else to take the lead as a president. And then uh, me and then I, I asked a couple people that I knew from Inspire. So one of them was um, graduated with 
uh, from Iowa State with me, um, Dr. Natalie Fuentes. The other one was Lizette Tamayo, and she, uh, I had met her at a conference a few years back, and we just kept in contact, but she went to school um, in the Quad Cities. And so those two, I reached out to as people who could help build this out because they had helped out with what we were doing at Spire. And I was really trying to see what is this going to look like? And so what I should mention, kind of the timing behind all of this, is that I had reached out to LSMRC at the end of 2019. So probably like November, December timeframe. And their conferences are in October. Um, and then I met with their board. Um, in January of 2020, I think like the first week of the year or second week of the year, I uh, was able to start um, doing stuff by the end of January and into February, already talking about going to different conferences um, to get some idea about who would want to be a part of this. Because we didn't necessarily know how, if we had, who, who we didn't have any sort of um, bench to pull from. It's like, oh, these are different alumni that would be good to help build out this national association. So we were going to go to different conferences, share the idea up front, we don't get inspired and recruit people and try to figure out how we're going to build this on a national level. So that's why I knew I needed a team because like the acronym team together, everyone achieves more. Me doing this by myself, I knew it would be really hard to do because I'm still, I'm still working full time. And just trying to figure things out. And so uh, that February, we were going to go to the conference. And so I think me and Lizette ended up going to conference in Chicago. Uh, we talked about what we had done with Inspire and encouraged people to sign up because we were trying to do this larger, you know, larger scale. We wanted to do it nationally, but at that point, uh, we just kind of left it as... It is what it is. We're just trying to build something large, and we didn't necessarily know if it was going to be national because we didn't know how much people actually were interested in it. So that was February 2020, and then we were planning to go to some conferences in March and April, I think like three different conferences. But we all know what happened in mid-March of 2020, at least for the United States. If you're in other places in Europe or Asia, you were probably experiencing this towards the end of 2019 or early 2020, but at least for me in the Midwest, majority of the people in the United States, we didn't necessarily know about COVID until February, and I didn't know about COVID until like March, really like a week before everything was shutting down. And so we just saw the world really shut down, like everyone shut down, everyone was on lockdowns. Um, maybe if you were like in Florida or in Texas, the COVID didn't exist there. So it only shut down for a month or two and you're back into things. But for a majority of the country, things shut down for a little bit, for at least a year, I would say, in most cases. And so our, and that was something that we had to pivot right away because our whole idea was to go to conferences, meet people in person, talk about the idea, get their interest. And immediately we had to shift to doing things virtually. We we were accustomed to doing things virtually before, like with Inspire. We were all over the nation. So I think at that point, even with Inspire, I had moved to New Mexico. I had come back to St. Louis the year before. Uh, but we had people all over the nation. So we were semi-used to at least meeting as an exec or kind of a leadership team 
in online, but as far as recruiting people or even getting people to know about us online, that was an adventure in itself. So between myself, Rosette, and, and Natalie, what we ended up doing is that we found um, different opportunities, or, um, emails for alliances. We we're able to craft like an email invitation email. Uh, inviting people to come to Alsam. Now it's towards the end, well, towards October 2020 when we officially launched. But in the meantime, what we worked on was really kind of the framework. What were going to be the differences between what we did with Inspire and LSAMP? We call we crafted a mission. Uh, I think at that point we had a vision and we put some goals together. Uh, we kind of put together what we're going to do, how what was the frequency we we're going to meet. Or the kind of topics we're going to have. We talked about doing town halls and all this stuff. And then finally, with the help of LSMRC and Deb Cole, who's superstar, like I said, um, they're able to send an email out. October 1st, 2020 was the official launch date of NALA. Um, at that point, LSAMP alumni group, because we had no idea uh, what, it, what things would look like. And in December, we had... A town hall where we were able to have a lot of different people that ended up joining our team um, to help build it out. And then fast forward about a year later, I we think we had to have over a hundred members already um, in less than in less than a year, probably by like the summertime. So there's a lot of people really interested in it. And so we saw that as an opportunity. So that 2021 to transition from LSAMP alumni group to the National Association of LSAMP Alumni to truly show, because I think at that point we had about from 25 different alliances, 30 different states, um, over 100 alumni. So we've truly seen that this was something that people were really interested in a really short period of time. And so we were able to jump into that. And that was just after a year. Fast forward again uh, to this year, October of 2022, uh, we saw that as far as what we're doing with NALA, as far as helping uh, undergrads in STEM who are from traditionally marginalized groups, underrepresented groups. So that goes anywhere from women to blacks to Hispanics to Asian Pacific Islander. A lot of these groups that are uh, historically marginalized and don't always get, are not really represented in STEM. That's what we're focused on. Uh, and I mentioned on the race side, but as well as um, disabilities, um, sexual orientation, and um, gender identity, all of that stuff. We want to make sure that everyone feels included and we're offering support for them. And so we realized that we we're doing that for LSAMP and in our name was National Association of LSAMP Alumni, but we want to open it up for everyone. So this is something that's really new and there's still changes in the works. Like I have a new website that's about to launch probably next next month, if not next year. Next year at the very latest, we're launching a new website. Uh, but now with Nala STEM, which I've kept you in suspense long enough, Nala STEM being the National Alliance leading acceleration of science, technology, engineering, and math, or National Association National Alliance Lead Acceleration of STEM, NALA STEM, is helping everyone that's underrepresented in STEM. So we're not focused only on LSAM. And the reason behind that is that we see, like I said, that is a community out there, especially with LSAM having a huge focus on research. 
as something that we wanted to be able to give back and help uh, people. And also, there's a lot of people that are already were joining Nala's, Nala that weren't necessarily from LSAM background. And so we wanted to make them feel in, more included because we were calling them honorary members, but they're doing all the same things as other members. And so really, we, we made a change. So now they're just a Nala member. And not to say that we're not skill, st still keeping track of if you're an else if you're an LSAP or not. The majority of us still came from LSAP, but it's it's been a real journey. And I would say like through throughout this whole journey with with LSAP alumni group with Nala and Nala STEM, um, I've been at the helm. I've been leading it as the president and the founder, and then looking for other co-founders, like I mentioned. Um, Natalie and Lizette, who who have been really instrumental from the beginning, but I to talk about people who came along when we became Nala with my VP right now, and Achika Smojir, who will be on the podcast next year, so you'll be able to learn more about her and all, all the stuff that she does, um, and then to mention um, Aaron West, who's currently our mentorship chair, Nye, who is our university development chair. Uh, Decatur Foster, who does our web development, and then also my wife, who recently joined the team, Jabria, um, helping on, on the admin side with a lot of stuff for the emails. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Kiana Johnson, who is our social media chair for NALA. And a lot of people, when you think about social media, you're like, oh, that's just a fun job. You're just liking stuff, posting stuff. Social media is a ton of work. So thank you to Kiana as being part of the team. One of the newest members of the team doing the social media stuff. And that's just more of the, the general leadership team, but we also have committees. So just shouting them out like um, at this point, um, Adrian, who's been doing a lot on the outreach side, uh, Darian James, Dr. Darian James, uh, who recently joined us the last few months, helping a lot with recruiting. And we have Dominique Graham, who's helped out with mentorship. So all that to say that. Uh, a lot of times, like, well, I was just at a conference this past October, and they talked about Nala STEM and Nala group and Paul, Paul and this, Paul and that. And at least in that realm, people see that uh, Nala STEM is something that I created, which it, it was my idea to reach out. But I will say that it's one thing to have an idea, but at the same time, like I said, one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. I realized that this is not something I can do by myself. I've been able to reach out and build a great team that, that my team is awesome. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens in the mentorship and outreach. I like to stay in the, in the loop on a lot of things, but I also trust my team. And that's just my style of leadership that I trust you to know what you need to do and to ask for help. I'll also offer help as well. But just the overall idea of leadership in STEM and mentorship in, in STEM is so critical. The relationships I've developed, the communication skills I've had to develop or hone in on just to make sure I'm getting my point across. Um, I can't tell you the numerous presentations I've had to give, whether virtually or in person, talking about what NALA is, the passion that it gives me uh, to be able to come back to conferences, the smile it puts on people's faces to be able to be a part of something like that. And even meeting members. So it was really cool 
because I was, we were able to send, I think, about seven different alumni to this last conference in October. And this is the first time we were able to do something like that through COVID. A lot of stuff had been virtual. And it was the first time a lot of us were really meeting together in person. And so that was really cool to see as well. But so that's that's a little bit about Nala, kind of the history uh, behind it. But it's it's just something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, so I wanted to share more about it. But I want to, like, the second half of the, of the podcast, kind of dive deeper into what leadership is, kind of leadership level. So I mentioned I'm part of the Maxwell Leadership Team. I'm a certified coach and speaker and trainer in Maxwell Leadership, John C. Maxwell number one leadership guru in the world, wrote over 70 books, millions of books are have been sold, um, New York Times bestseller, like all along the list of, of accolades he has. So just, it's a real honor to be a part of the team because really the whole idea behind the team is adding value to people because people are valuable. So we're going to talk a little bit more about these leadership levels. So these five levels of leadership are really the foundation of a lot of stuff we do in the John Maxwell team, the Maxwell leadership, as I I was mentioning. And so the five different levels are position, permission, results, reproduction, and pinnacle. And I'll go a little bit more in detail into all of these different levels just just kind of get an idea. Some of you may have already heard this. So if you are a fan of John Maxwell, you've probably already heard this. But I just want to talk a little bit about uh, each of these and how they relate to what I've been able to do um, in different areas of my leadership. So the first level, like I mentioned, is position. People follow you because they must. So this is what people normally think leadership is. A leadership is a title. So whether you're a manager or a boss, that is a level that you're, you are leading at, that they have to follow you. Otherwise, they uh, risk not getting a promotion or worse, they risk getting fired. So this is more so driven by the title and that only. And you, this is really the level that you learn to be a good leader, but you want to learn to use your influence instead of um, having to use your title. A lot of times people at this level will use their boss's influence to say, this person told me to tell you this because they don't really have their relationship with that person. And that's the lowest level of leadership, just a position level. So moving on, the next level is the permission level. People follow because they want to. This is also called a relationship level. You built a rapport. You built a connection with people. And that is just the next level. Like I said, the first level of position is that's foundational, just having some sort of a title, but permission, having a relationship. At this level, they need to know that you care about them as a leader, that you have to have strong relationships with them. You have to listen well, observe well, and serve well. It is so critical at this level. But this is only the second level. There's still three more levels. It's crazy to think about. Some people stop at this level, but this is not. This is not the pinnacle by any means. The next level is level three, which is the results level. People follow you because of what you've done in the organization. So I know if you've worked for any period of time, there's those people that 
oh, get John on this or get Abby on this or get Carl Carla on this. That, that that person is known to deliver results. That person has leadership because of the results that they gather. Like they're always the one that they'll come in early, they'll stay late. They are not going to quit on you. They are always putting in the extra effort to make sure things are happening. They help get things done in short. And a lot of times with this is that people have a tendency to gravitate towards either the relationship level or the results level. But really, the relationship is just the foundation. Well, the title is the foundation. Then you have the relationship, but then results are on top of that. Because the worst thing you can do is to ignore getting results and just focus on relationship. Like, it is great to have a boss that you can have fun with. But at the end of the day, there's a, something that you're trying to achieve. You want to achieve it. You want to achieve a goal. And it's a lot more fun when you like the person you're working with it you're working with but at the same time you also want to achieve something as well so make sure that if you're a leader do not stay at the position level get to the relationship level but also start strive to deliver results as well and you do this by leading by example and creating momentum and when you're able to lead by example and create momentum you're able to attract people to your team whether it's people who are already on your team and they want to stay on your team or other people maybe from other teams want to work with you because they say, hey, those people are getting along really well and they're achieving good results. Like what what a way to show that you're a great leader, that you can have rapport and also get good results. Level four. So this is this is levels that some people really never get to. Like I said, a lot of people will stay at the foundation, just hey, I have a leadership title, I'm good to go, I'm finally a leader. But as I always say, and what uh, Maxwell Leadership and John Maxwell says, is leadership is influence. So it's not that you need a leadership title to be a leader. A lot of people feel like that. But that doesn't mean that just because you have a leadership title does not necessarily make you a good leader. You might just be at that level one aspect and you're relying on your leader's influence to get things done. But getting back to level four, which is reproduction, people follow because of what you've done for them. So there's one thing to have the reputation and get results. There's another thing about doing stuff specifically for people. Leaders are great because they do things not because of themselves, but they have the ability to empower others. So when you are a leader and you're empowering others and not necessarily doing, because it's a, there's that shift in leadership where you can't always do you have to empower others. When you're a leader of leaders, you have to empower others. So a lot of times, like I tell my team uh, with Nala STEM that I have a direction. I have where I want us to go. I'm here to support you. But at the same time, at the end of the day, this is something that you own. I want you to be able to develop your leadership. And that's something that I've, I've, I've been learning. I continue to learn and I'm developing them because I know that they have ideas and things that they're going to do differently than I'm going to do. When I give them that space and that energy to actually uh, be independent, that that stuff comes out, and it's just it's awesome to see the stuff that we're able to create uh, with Nala and just even their own personal life. It's it's really cool. But at this level, people become loyal to the people that mentor them. So I know I've had I've had several different mentors in my life, some really crucial mentors in my life that. They have walked me through uh, different things. Like when I was starting a business, I reached out to a couple of mentors 
and one showed me about just what are the foundations to do to get in the right places and spaces so I can actually grow and hone my craft. Another one told me, you need to charge for what you're doing. And that was something that was challenging to me because before I started the business, I was doing everything for free because I didn't even think of ever doing a business. But what she told me was that you charge for your time. Your time is valuable. And that totally just opened doors for me to understand that my time is valuable. There are times I can do things for free, but that should not be my number one way of going about doing things. I need to value my time. Everything compounds at this level, at the reproduction level, when you have a, you're a leader of leaders. So your leadership is influencing another person who has leadership. You have to be able to recruit well, so recruit people who can also recruit other people who are good at leadership. Position them in the right places. So even for me personally, there's been times I've had to move people around or have difficult conversations with people who were not delivering what they're supposed to do. But talk about where they need to be is very crucial and equip them well. Give them the right resources to succeed. The worst thing you can do is tell someone to just go out there, leave them on an island and just say like sink or swim. I mean, there are some cases that, that it's important for a leader to develop and you want them to reach out. But especially when they're a new leader, you want to be there kind of like a lifeline uh, so they can reach out and just grab if you grab you if you need if they need some help. And so the fifth level is something that really John has mentioned that few people ever reach. I say John Maxwell's at this level. The number one leadership guru, I definitely he's at this level. But he talks about Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And those are the type of people that when you, you hear their names, everyone knows about the contributions that they've given. And I would add John Maxwell to that list as well. People at this level, the pinnacle level, respect level, is people follow because of who you are and what you represent. So it's almost like you transcend reality at this point, the pinnacle level. You've done so much for so long, tens of years, maybe a hundred years, depending on how long you live. But even after you're long gone, people are still talking about the stuff that you've been able to do. That is a pinnacle level, but it's proven leadership over and over. At this level, respect is freely given, but it's not in our own control. The other people are the ones that's giving you respect. So as I mentioned, these five different levels between the pinnacle level I just mentioned, the reproduction level, uh, which is level four, the results level, permission level, and the position level, that's at the very basis. Another thing that's really interesting to think about is that these five different levels are not across the board. Maybe if you're at a level five, you're, you are might be at level five across the board. Like I said, that takes your whole life. You may or may not live to see it, uh, depending on who you are. Maybe you will. Or you're John Maxwell and you, you're a future John Maxwell. And I'm going to be saying your name about, hey, this is the, this is the, the best leadership woman in the world or a man in the world, whatever it is. But most people don't ever reach that. But one key thing to realize is that in each of these levels is with different people. So every time you meet someone new, you're starting off at level level one with them. And that's important to know because if you're someone who maybe you're in a space, maybe it's in academia, maybe it's in industry, maybe it's in tech, whatever it is, 
and you know that space, people in that space really respect you, they know who you are, maybe you're at level four, maybe you're already at level five in that space, you go into another space, and no one knows who you are, no one has any idea, maybe they have some inkling, they've heard some things, you're probably at level, you're at level one with them, because it's just something they've heard, they don't have a relationship with you, they don't know the results that you've done, maybe they've heard of them, but they haven't experienced it, and there's definitely nothing that you've done for them personally. So that's really something to realize is that leadership is a constant process. It's not something that we arrive. Anytime we think we arrive in anything, we're all we're already going backwards because it's just the way of life is that we are human. We're constantly learning, constantly developing. And it's just important to realize that no one is ever going to reach the pinnacle. Keep in mind you don't want to stay at level one. Level one is not a good place to be. It's a good place to start, but not a good place to stay. And also, don't get caught up in the relationship level that you're not delivering results. I've seen a few times with different people that they, they stay on the results of the relationship, but it's really powerful when you put those two together and you start to reproduce leaders. That's when the real magic happens, and that's when the compounding happens. I know that... With the maximal leadership, we talk about being a leader of leaders, adding value to people who also multiply value to others. When you add value to a follower, you're just going to, it's an addition, one plus one, one plus two, you're, it's adding one. When you add value to a leader, that's a multiplication because that leader can be reach out to other leaders or even other followers that can be 10, 20, 40, 100 fold. So it's remarkable when you're able to Keep in touch with leaders, add value to leaders. It's another reason why I'm so passionate about leadership. Because once you get in tune with it, it just opens up your world. It's, and I, I forgot what it's called, but the more you you know about something, the more you realize that there's a lot more stuff that you don't know. And leadership is just one of those things. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly messing up and um, relearning and unlearning things. Uh, but I'm just excited that you're joining me on this journey to do this, that just going through levels, I'll go through one more time. Level one is given by a job or an organization. That's not something that you can really control. Level two to four is something that you work to get there. That's based on others, the relationship, the results, compounding results. That's where you get moral authority from people. Level five is respect. That comes from people. And really... You have to make sure you're constantly moving forward. If you live it in the past, you're going to stay in the past. Don't rest. Don't try and rest on your laurels and be like, hi, I've arrived. Sit in your big comfy chair. That's not what you want to do. It's really critical. And it's something that I've learned, as I mentioned, with what I've been doing with Nala STEM and a lot of the leadership stuff I've been able to do, whether it's been speaking or with coaching or doing different trainings, or even with the podcast. It's just, I've been able to learn from everyone. And the thing is that I've, I'm continuing to learn is that everyone has a lesson that can be taught. Like, it may not, it may be someone that you don't even realize. It may be, it may be from a student. I mean, I've learned stuff from students, and I've learned stuff from peers. i learned stuff from people who are a lot older than me, um, even about technology, a lot of random things. But the great thing about leadership is understanding that you don't have to know everything. You can facilitate. You can put people in the right, uh, put people in the right seats for the job. But at the end of the day, uh, it's 
making sure they continue learning, continue to grow. And from there, once you understand that leadership is a process and never ends, the sky is the limit for you. I hope you really enjoy this podcast. It's a little bit different. I know I've been doing a lot of interviews recently, but I wanted to take some time to, to talk with you. Uh, or if you're watching, to so you can see me, see my reactions, see how, how things are going. I want to reiterate the fact that the next year, I'm super excited next year, we're going to be doing bi-monthly podcasts. So two episodes a month and by the middle of the year we're going to be doing weekly podcasts that's the goal i hope you guys i know you guys are going to hold me accountable i'm going to get there because i'm putting extra time on the podcast i really believe in it it's been something that i've been wanting to do for a while and now i'm just making the time to do it so thank you for joining me on this journey I hope you learned something new you from the stuff that I've been learning. If you have any ideas for the podcast, reach out and let me know because together we can become the best versions of ourselves and learning from each other. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul Podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time and be incredible. Incredible. incredible.